Today is Wednesday, June 30th. The title for our devotional is The Soul Needs Purpose. In evangelical circles like ours, we tend to use the term soul to only describe the salvation of the soul. We think of it only in the sense of life after this life. So once our soul is saved, we have done our part and the soul is no longer in need of care. This is a grave mistake, and we will see the effects of it permeating throughout the church. One of the ways we see it is people in the church who seem to be wandering through life without any sense of purpose. Our soul craves purpose and meaning. Without it, the soul is lost. It's a good play on words there. (laughs) Without meaning, our soul is lost. How can we integrate the various aspects of the self if we have nothing to integrate them around? Possibly worse than living without any sense of purpose, many in the church are living for a purpose that is not in line with the reality of their ultimate purpose. The reality of the human experience is that we have been created by God to be with Him and live for Him. Therefore, to live for anything other than God is a violation of our true purpose and leads ultimately to sin and idolatry. When we are in sin, our soul will never be at rest. So here's how Jesus points us to this all-important reality. Matthew 16, 24 to 28 says this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, meaning be his disciple and follow him, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The word here translated life twice in verse 25, which again says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That word translated life is the word suke, which is most often translated as soul in the Greek. It's the same word used in verse 26, which says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? In what seems paradoxical to us, Jesus says that if we live for him, that is, make him his teaching, his way, our ultimate purpose, we will find our life or our soul, that is, our true fullness of life, as he says in John 10.10. Living for Jesus and his kingdom allows all the parts of our human condition to harmonize around him. Conversely, if we seek self-preservation or selfish ambition, that is to save our life in verse 25, we will ultimately lose it. Verse 26 clarifies what Jesus means. What profit is it if we can achieve all of our goals of luxury, health, pleasure, success, whatever else we may be chasing after? Yet our inner life is in ruins. Now, I want to pause and think about that for a second. Because most of us, uh, when we've read this verse in the past, you've likely read this uh, and thought that Jesus was referring to the afterlife. The idea, like, what is it, what good is it to have all this money and to end up in hell? Whereas that is the ultimate end of ruined souls apart from God. That is likely not what Jesus has in mind here. 
What he likely has in mind here is that any level of achievement will not bring satisfaction and peace to our souls, our, our life here and now. We see this all the time in the stories of famous athletes, celebrities, business people who have reached the top of their profession. Tiger Woods is a great example of this. His story, which I've linked you to below, is one of a disordered soul. He had gained the whole world of sorts, but he had never attended to his soul. If you watch The Last Dance about Michael Jordan, you'll see another prime example. No matter how much success he achieved, he was always looking for another competition to prove his superiority. Stories like this should remind us that chasing after the world, as in Jesus' words, and what it has to offer is like chasing after the wind. We'll never fully find satisfaction, at least the satisfaction we're looking for, and our soul will never be at rest. As Augustine says of the heart, which I think is also true of the soul, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. I think missionary Jim Elliott, he said it well as well. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. That is to say, giving your temporal life now to live for God, for his purpose, for, for God's uh, ultimate mission and kingdom, which you can't keep. You can't keep your temporal life. That is, you're going to die someday. To trade that for God's eternal life is a deal that any reasonable person should be willing to make. So, as we'll see every day this week of in Psalm 23, it points us to this truth of the soul's need for purpose. Here he says in Psalm 23, verse 1, David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. So since the Lord is his shepherd, Yahweh is his shepherd, he is the one that he is following, his purpose is found in following him and in his way. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For additional content, I've linked you to the story of Tiger Woods. It's an ESPN article. It's quite lengthy, but it is a good illustration of someone who had gained the entire world, but never attended to his soul. I also wanted to read a portion of, of John Ortberg's book, Soul Keeping, which really highlights this idea well. He writes, To focus on my soul means to look at my inner life under the care and connection of God. To focus on myself apart from God means losing awareness of what matters most. The Journal of American Medical Association cited a study that indicates that in the 20th century, people who lived in each generation were three times more likely to experience depression than folks in the generation before them. Despite the rise of, mental health, of the mental health profession, people are becoming increasingly vulnerable to depression. Why? Martin Seligman, a brilliant psychologist with no religious axe to grind, has a theory that it's because we have replaced church, faith, and community with a tiny little unit that cannot bear the weight of meaning. That is, the self. We're all about the self. We revolve our lives around ourselves. Ironically, the more obsessed we are with ourselves, the more we neglect our souls. All of our language reflects this. 
If you're empty, you need to fulfill yourself. If you're stressed, you learn how to take care of yourself. If you're on a job interview, you have to believe in yourself. If you're at a tattoo parlor, you must learn to express yourself. If someone dares to criticize you, you have to love yourself. If you're not getting your own way, you have to stand up for yourself. What should you do on a date? You ought to be yourself. And this is one of the best lines of a book that I've ever read. What if yourself is a train wreck? What do you do then? Self is a standalone, do-it-yourself unit. While the soul reminds us we were not made for ourselves. The soul always exists before God. That is in the presence of God. The salvation of your soul is not just about where you go when you die. He says later, The word salvation means healing and deliverance in the deepest level of who we are through the care of God in the presence of Jesus. Sooner or later, your world will fall apart. What will matter then is the soul you have constructed. Reflection time today. I would ask you to read again and reflect on the words of Jesus in Matthew 16, specifically verses 24 to 26. And Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? I would also ask you to rewind the podcast and listen go back to the quote from John Ortberg rewind it to 6 minutes and 45 seconds is where it starts and listen to that again and as you listen to it don't just think about how our culture is doing this but think about how you are doing this have you become so engrossed in yourself that you have lost your sense of purpose and meaning in following God is Jesus truly the good shepherd of your soul